the problem. You got all the questions? Sorry, Sorry, listen to me. Let me hear what I'm saying, okay? I've never seen anything like this. Could cause uh, everybody to freak out. This is a new way, and it's a new day. It is broccoli in the microwave. Because consciousness is expanding. This is when you guys are supposed to cheer. Please clap. Are you serious? Well, who wouldn't want an opportunity to talk to Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty? Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. I'm not addicted to my phone. I'm addicted to what's on my phone. I give you America itself. This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. from Studio C. It's Little Friday, and we're deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. Hey, everybody. We're under the tutelage of our general manager. Gosh, I don't know. Bill Barr? uh, Michael Bennett? Yet another candidate for president. Nicholas Maduro is hanging. I don't know. It's a free-for-all. Wait a second. What was that second name? Michael Bennett. Is a candidate for president? He is allegedly a senator from Colorado. Okay. He's a I'm, singer, right? Yes. I'm not a... I've never... Oh, there he is up on TV. I'm not a... Who's heard of that? Ha, ha, ha. That if you haven't been heard of, you can't be president. That just seems like a dumb way to look at things, but... But... If he was anybody, we'd have heard of him. That's what I say. Exactly. Yeah, that that is... Well, that's the media's attitude. If you're important, we would have heard of you already. Um, But uh, that is something. So that'd be 22, I think, officially in. That's a lot. They say he's a good speechifier, and he's got prostate cancer. Currently? Yes. Recently diagnosed. Is that what he's running on? No. Uh, He's kind of a pro-business, moderate Democrat. Running on the fact that I currently have prostate cancer. Who's with me? You have to get uh, at least 1% in three polls in a row to make it onto the debate stage next month. Uh Or maybe he's playing the long game. Time's a-wasting. I'd play the short (laughs) game if I were her, (laughs) him, or or there is no long game. I don't know this person, but I'm guessing it's a him. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Michael. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a dude. Uh, they say he's a good man. I don't know. Fine. It's fine. It's fantastic. How, who in the Senate is not running at this point? It's ridiculous. I suppose you would look around and see, boy, you sure get a lot of attention if you announce you're running for president. Think Why run. not? I think I'll run for president. Uh-huh. And plus, maybe you know the people. You think, I know him. I know her. They ain't that great. Yeah. Yeah. I've been in meetings with them. They ask stupid questions. Well, having watched <laughs> slash listened to a great deal of the bar hearing yesterday, I, I would agree with that. Uh, let's introduce everybody in the squad, and then we'll get this whole uh, hoedown going. Four-hour do- four hoedown, talking about the news of the day. Uh, All the hoes will be down by then. Huh? Let's, let's introduce hours, everybody. Please. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing great. Um, I moved into a new condo, and I didn't really... Realize, I guess I should have read the... Del Boca Vista? <laughs> Are you trying to keep me out of Del Boca Vista? <laughs> that is, what, like a 23-year-old yeah. reference yeah, now? Yeah, it or? is. It really is like, yeah, wow. exactly. That's an old, old reference mm. to a TV show. I guess it was funny. From the from Seinfeld. People used to watch a show called Seinfeld back in the day. It was okay. named after Jerry Seinfeld, a comedian. I must have missed comedian. that somehow. Yeah. Anyway, um, but I didn't realize that there was an HOA. I mean, I knew there was an HOA, but I didn't read all the fine print. And one, yeah, oh. one of the things that I got to do later in the month is I got to open up my garage and show that my car fits in there and that my car isn't being used for storage and that nobody's living in there. <laughs> 
Wait a second. You can't wow. use your car for storage. Now that's interesting. I'm in the garage. I, I you know, I realize. Uh, I, I just, I just speak for the crowd that feels this way. I know many people live in neighborhoods like this on purpose because you like it. I would never live anywhere that no, has rules. Understand. Ever under any circumstances, I would. I'd be homeless before I'd ever live anywhere where they tell me what color my mailbox can be or anything like that. So let me drill down on the storage. You can't store anything in your garage or in the car. I guess they don't want us to use the garage purely for storage. I guess you can st- store some things, but it has to be oh. neat and orderly, and your car has oh, to be able to fit in there. Right. <laughs> if it's, wow. it's uh, neat but not orderly, that would be an outrage. There's a Saturday coming up. i got to open up the garage, and they're going to walk around and look at everybody's garages God. for like you an know, hour. There's just, I could ne- I can't, it makes me angry to even think about some busybody whose job is to come look at my garage <laughs> and determine whether it's clean enough. This is my place that I paid for. It's called property rights. Get the F out of here. You know what? What I'm but that's do. why you don't choose to live there, I guess. I'm going to put my car in there, and then I'm going to put like a fake body across the hood and just wait for them. <laughs> well, so evidently, I mean, it's possible they're just paranoid idiots, but it, that would seem to be addressing a, a problem that they've had. So people have been subletting their garage space, their their parking area, so people could park their car and live in it. I guess so. Interesting. Yeah. Rent wild. out, rent out your garage. Seems like a good little income. That's stream not a bad to idea. Yeah. To, to what, do they, what do they call that? Airbnb. Sure. I don't tell yeah. people it's my garage. <laughs> just, I got an extra bathroom. Just tell them, look, they're coming to inspect uh, at noon. Roll your car out of here for an hour and roll back in. No problem. What, what, what's the what's what change? What's the difference between a garage and a and a spare bedroom? I mean, what's the difference really? Well, I don't I don't know that there is one, but you know, some places have rules against subletting. There's a different kind of door. Probably yeah. insulation. You just say, you know what? I, I just, I just like the garage door as a door for this bedroom. Right. I like to open it on a summer's eve and right. have all the fresh air mm-hmm. rush in. I prefer the cement floor. Exactly. And I like to keep old oil cans in this bedroom. <laughs> right. Exactly. And a, a yeah, exactly. <laughs> and a water heater. My bedroom. Exactly. And a water heater. Uh, there's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Uh, doing very well. Still uh, living out of uh, mostly boxes. It's, it's slowly improving, but there's still the. I say, where where is my shampoo? And I don't uh. know which box I, that one actually ended up in because it wasn't with the rest of my bathroom stuff. It was on the 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 mantle in my shower. Yes, my old shower had a mantle. It was wow. very fancy. Very nice. Uh, and, no, uh, <laughs> no homeless people living in garages there. Yeah, no, certainly not. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I got put in a box with the other. So now I got to figure out, oh, okay, which random catch-all box did my shampoo fall in? It's, Do you uh, have any uh, unopened mail in boxes? I've come across unopened mail in boxes before uh, from, like, decades old. It's kind of fun. Oh, it's like a treasure hunt. It's usually junk mail that I just never got around oh, to. Turns you know? out I was indicted in 88, honey. <laughs> Well, never heard about that again. Yeah, looks well, like it, I guess that went away. Looks like it worked out. <laughs> yeah. Either oh, that, that or I'm a federal fugitive. That reminds me, I got a jury summons the other day. I filled out all the stuff for us coming up. So maybe I'll end up on a jury summons. Fascinating experience. It's fabulous. I'm feeling fabulous. very... I know you have plenty to do, but... I'm feeling judgmental, so I'll... Excellent. Be perfect time for me to... You're the kind of guy they're looking for. <laughs> There's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I'm hanging in there. We've got celebrity birthdays today. Both are former men of sport. <laughs> first, right. first off, actor and former pro wrestler Dwayne The Rock Johnson, 47 years old. He's a big deal. Rock's big net- man and a big deal. Rock's net worth stands at $280 million. Hmm. Remember him, to be him? Remember yeah. his name was thrown around running for president for a while? Yep. Oh, sure. I think he could win, and he could help balance the budget by eliminating the need for Secret Service. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, awesome. No kidding. 
And we've got soccer star David Beckham married to Spice Girl Victoria Posh Spice. He is turning 44 today. David Beckham's net worth. This is going to be a lot. $723 million. Major soccer star got three quarters of a billion dollars. Yep. Also a handsome man. So a lot of that's probably his various uh, uh, scents and clothing lines right. and that sort of stuff. Right. Sure. And combined with his wife's net worth, the couple is now worth over a billion dollars. Why does a Spice Girl have a quarter of a billion dollars? She's got a fashion line. Oh, that's She's right. got a clothing line that's that has done right. quite well over the years. That's where the money is. Yeah. You got to get a scent or a handbag or something. Ask Sammy Hagar. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Get, a, get a tequila. I can hit the high notes. Yeah, great. But I'm a I'm a mogul. Ask Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, all those guys. Yeah, he's got housing developments. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I'm Including Jack Armstrong. Including Boca Vista. <laughs> I'm Jack I'm Armstrong. Be all over that shuffleboard court. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this, it is. How did it get to be already May the second Thursday, the year 2019? We are Armstrong and Getty, and I approve this program. Let's begin, then, officially according to FCC rules and regulations. Let's gavel the hearing to order at Mark. So, we're gonna, we're gonna, listen, you've slandered this man. Yeah, what Every I sort of want to know is how do, we get, how do we get to this point? Yeah, I do not so, think so that I'm slandering to the point anyone. Where the, all, all I can say, Mr. Chairman, I, I am done. Thank you very and much. And you slandered this man. There you go. Top three, three people talking well, at the same time. Bless my soul. <laughs> F and A. That's, that's, what, that's what Lindsey Graham said. No, I don't. I don't recall that. Uh, wow, that's that's beautiful. And that wasn't an edit or, or an art piece. That was actually what occurred. Three people talking at once. There you go. What are their headlines, Marshall Phillips? Well, no round two for Attorney General Barr. The Trump administration, all options open for dealing with the ongoing crisis in Venezuela. It's looking like the the bad guy's going to stay. Old fat Maduro. What the heck? And we've got hundreds exposed to measles at the opening night showing of the Avengers. Whoops. Do you know they outlawed guns in 2012 in Venezuela? That's part of the advantage of the current president. Sure. The government's got all the guns, so the people just have to submit. Um, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's good. It's fine. Uh, some, uh, some real wisdom there. Wisdom in the mailbag. Yeah, a couple of, of uh, witty observations. Yeah, there's a number of things out there. A police department using facial recognition uh, tools and stuff like that in a new way that's never been done before. And all kinds of cool stuff. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Starbucks has its new secret menu out. You need to be in the know so you can order the secret stuff. They keep it behind the uh, the counter. Underneath, you got to know a password. I'll hit you with that quickly when we come back. The American Dream is still alive. Mentioned that yesterday, according to a new study. And we should get to the statistics. Which, of course, part of that is, what the hell does the American dream mean? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's intriguing. I like that discussion. 
uh, mailbag. Woo-hoo! First of all, your freedom-loving quote of the day. Love this from Milton Freeman. Freedman. A society of freemen is the present tense. Freedman is the past tense of his name, I guess. Society that puts equality before freedom will get neither. A society that puts freedom before equality will get a high degree of both. Hmm. Uh, here's a nice note here from uh, Joseph. Just wanted to give you a shout out. Boy, that One More Thing podcast was great. You've all found your groove. Including the S-bombs. Unfortunately, like Lindsey Graham, I, I, I lost my mind and uttered one of the unutterable words of the English language. And I October apologize the 19th. For, uh, Trump is a f***ing idiot. Oh, 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 no, no. Hearing it from Joe makes me giggle for some reason. Almost like when you hear a teacher say it when you're in class. I, I keep it so, clean so on glad the... glad to have uh, I keep, amused you. I keep it clean on the uh, podcast, but Joe treats it like a schoolyard playground. <laughs> You're too talented to work, blow. Absolutely. Not me, though. A half-wit at best. Guys, oh, this has to do with the sexiest accents and the fact that German was considered not sexy. Mm -hmm. As a German transplant to America, I find it no surprise that German was near the bottom of the list of sexy languages. Yet, paradoxically, every woman I have dated in my 30-plus years of adulthood has asked me to speak German to them in bed. So either German is a sexy language or an astonishingly high percentage of American women are masochists. (laughs) Oh, Dirk, that's funny. That's funny. It's interesting that languages... They want to be invaded. ...seem to... Don't bring that up. Is this in my own mind? Yeah, so we had the list of the most and least romantic languages, and a lot of your Eastern European countries were on the least romantic end of things. Like Romania and Germany and places like that. Yeah. Um, very forceful tongues. But also very energetic people. Very aggressive, energetic <clears throat> pe- cultures. Yeah. That's yeah. Your, your working cultures that, that support the rest of the Europe that have romantic languages where they lay around and, uh, you know, read poetry all day long. It's Actually, just interesting. Smoke. It's interesting that the sound of the language reflects the, the culture. It is, yeah, yeah. My son had to really nail a German accent for he was in a cabaret, He's an actor, um, and and he said the thing about the German language or the German accent is Germans speak very precisely. You know, I like to do Arnold, <laughs> yeah, the, the Bavarian accent. But he said to do a German accent, everything must be pronounced very, very carefully. Yes, so there and and yeah, that goes to the character of the people. Hmm. Precise engineering, you know, the Germans. If you need a little workaround to some annoying environmental uh, checks, you design software that precisely gets around it. Nobody knows for years. Very admirable. Marching into France, Germans. Exactly. Not sure how that fits. Uh, let's see. Uh, Lance writes. I'm not a uh, Trump voter, but I am a conservative. My good friend, who's a raving liberal and Trump hater, and we still have a great friendship and respect each other. Imagine that. He flagged an article quoting Mueller about how Mueller was upset that the uh, the early Attorney General depiction of his report failed to capture the context, nature, and substance of the probe. I couldn't help but laugh out loud. Yeah, it must suck to have partial information leaked and spun by your political opponents specifically to mischaracterize the facts and discredit you. Poor Mueller. Unbelievable. Anyway, Owen 2. Mm. Let's 
see. Here's, uh, oh, speaking of uh, the tangerine tornado, Christian from Alaska, who's become an increasingly frequent contributor. He may be our leading Alaskan listener. You lived in Alaska, didn't you? I did. I learned to walk in the snow, and my mom said I didn't like it because my feet sank. Mm. So how long did you live in Alaska? Uh, Probably a little more than a year, like right around the, the two to three, like, in that range. You were quite young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah I don't remember it. I've gone back to visit it, and it's it's among my favorite places on the planet. But, uh, but yeah, I, my, my first time there, I don't have any physical memory. Right. Uh, did you learn to speak Alaskan? Uh, just the all the words for snow. Did you okay. ride a dog sled to preschool? No. <laughs> uh. <laughs> no, but I believe uh, it, it was in a house with no indoor plumbing and just a, a, a wood-burning stove. Wow. Or, well, yeah. Now what, that's Alaskan. What's your favorite blubber? Whale. Well, it's a fine <laughs> blubber. Let's see. Uh, howdy, Joe. While speaking with a few of my liberal coworkers today, who are typically open-minded on many social and political issues, I couldn't help but wonder when it when it became more socially acceptable to come out of the closet to your friends, family, and coworkers as being gay than to come out as a supporter of Trump. Please don't take this the wrong way. I have gay friends, gay family members, gay coworkers. I don't think anybody did uh, take it the wrong way. I just I want everyone to feel comfortable in their own skin. Currently, I'm terrified as coming out of as a Trump supporter. I don't want to lose friends or respect for my boss or coworkers for expressing my political opinion. What the hell, guys? Can't we just get along, sing kumbaya, and vote for Trump? Uh, signs off. PBDRADTWB. Polar bears deserve respect, also despite their white privilege. <laughs> white bear privilege. Marshall's going to go through some of the news of the last 24 hours. There's also some news that just happened at the House hearing of the Attorney General, which he didn't show up for. <laughs> So that's over already. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So whoever runs the Twitter machine for Chase Bank stepped in it on Monday. Whoops. I guess Mondays. I didn't even know this. Mondays is a day companies send out a company tweet. Some is sort it? of. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. So, you know, similar to Throwback Thursday, Flashback Friday, there's Motivation Monday. There's the, kind of these organically uh, alliterative hashtags based on the day <laughs> and companies because companies are people too we're cool we want to be in the party right. they often jump in on these hashtag trends to try to get some engagement on their their twitter accounts. too many trends tuesday anyways yes. the twitter guy at chase bank thought he'd throw out a little something a little advice and it's turned into political blowback oh no you know you don't want that the internet is angry about blah 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 <laughs> Hilarious. Hey, listen, we just finished Mailbag. A quick, a quick note to Laura in Gig Harbor, Washington. Laura, that's hilarious, but I can't read that on the air. And I don't think Eric Swalwell has the sexual problem you suggest he has. How would you know? My God, people. Clean it up. Clean it up, Swalwell. Swalwell. Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, there's an empty seat in today's big U.S. House hearing on special counsel Robert Mueller's final report. The Attorney General, Bill Barr, is refusing to testify because of a dispute with Democrats in the House Judiciary Committee. Never corner a bar, Marshall. 
Republican Representative Doug Collins of Georgia objecting mightily to the way a motion allowing for Barr to get questioned by staff lawyers at the end of the planned hearing. He claims it was pushed through by Democrats over the objections of Republicans. He also said it was all just a setup for impeachment. The tragedy of today is not that you have an empty chair, not that you have props. You can call the attorney general whatever you want. You know, I'm reminded of sticks and stones kind of quote. But what really bothers me today is, is the travesty of what happened in minority rights yesterday. And there's not a member of the Democrats who were on this committee last year that can honestly look me in the face and say, y'all were not treated much better by a chairman who actually followed the rules than we were treated yesterday. I yield back. Oh, drama. Ah, whatever. I'm so over this oh, garbage. No kidding. Uh, please. No kidding. I uh, think the whole country's over this garbage. Yeah, I know. And my gosh, I, I happen to be in the lunchroom getting a little caffeine juice and uh, a little liquid give a damn, if you will. And, um, and the liquid give a damn. Wow. And the, <laughs> I usually switch liquids right around five. Anyway, um, <laughs> this uh, they had uh, it was the uh, the parade o Congress people making very strong statements for the assembled cameras outside the hearing room, and and there was one uh, one gal who was babbling some garbage. Then this dude comes up and he says. Well, I'd like to express my condolences to Donald J. Trump. He's been demoted because this guy said uh, William Barr is the most dangerous man in Washington, D.C. Because he led, he misled the American people. He's looking around with big eyes like thinking, this is my moment. Don't blow it. Don't blow it. And then the next geek comes up and makes a strong statement. And it's just, who's it for? Who's enjoying it? Who's lapping it up? Meanwhile, the committee chair, Representative Jerry Nadler, responding with... Ordinarily at this point, I would introduce the witness, but instead, but instead we will conclude this proceedings. I just want to say, we didn't choose not to have Mr. Barr come. He chose. Yeah, we, we, will, we cannot permit him or anybody in the administration to dictate the manner in which we function. Well, no. Right. Okay, subpoena them. Right. Then they'll fight the subpoena and let us know. Wake me when it's over. Exactly. Those developments coming after Barr's Senate questioning yesterday where the Democrats charged he was misleading and acting to protect President Trump with some calling for his resignation. Barr downplaying that letter sent to him by Mueller after the release of Barr's four-page summary of the report a letter whose existence was first reported Tuesday, in which Mueller said Barr hadn't properly portrayed the report's findings. Barr described the letter this way. The letter's a bit snitty, and I think it was probably written by one of his staff people. Barr snitty. <laughs> which caused people to go to the dictionary. Webster's online dictionary had a huge uptick yesterday on people looking up the word snitty. Mm. See what it means. Uh, as or of throwing a snit or an angry tantrum. Right. Barr went on to say that after he got the letter, he did reach that reach out to Mueller. I called Bob and said, you know, what's the issue here? Are you su-? And I asked him if he was suggesting that the March 24th letter was inaccurate. And he said no, but that the press reporting had been inaccurate. I tell you what, I have comments on the hearing. I will withhold them. Uh, for now, uh, but yeah, yeah, just okay. All right. It, the, how long have I been telling you, my friends, my good friends, my good friends, my fellow Americans? How long have I been saying centering your your life and your identity on day to day partisan politics is a recipe for misery, misery and hate, and it really is. It's, it's just 
all of this stuff is so dumb. It's so, it's just they're trying to whip up the, each base and the rest of it. And listen, there's a value in partisanship. If you are constantly screeching or regularly screeching that Bill Barr is a dangerous fiend or Eric Holder's a liar, which he certainly was, you know, that keeps the other side from going too far. Mm-hmm. I get that. It's like, you know, you you don't need people to go 55, really. But if they go 80, you're going to pull them over. But I don't ask me to take the moment-by-moment moment outraged hyperbole and chest-thumping and red-faced right. bellowing seriously. Please, it's... It's, it's so dumb, it's hilarious. Hundreds of Southern Californians who took in the opening night showing of Avengers Endgame might have been exposed to measles. The L.A. Times reporting a woman who attended the midnight premiere of the Marvel blockbuster had contracted measles while she was overseas. She was one of the people who went to the showing. So a, a woman with measles went to the most popular movie of yes. all time in a packed movie theater. Yes. On opening day. On opening yes. day. There Get you go. vaccinated. Get your kids vaccinated. You don't remember. Well, at number one, you're reading wackadoo websites. You don't remember how it was when measles was a serious problem. Pregnant women lived in terror that they would be exposed to it and it would kill the baby within them. Because that happens a lot. Stop it. Go get vaccinated. And just one final word on that. It was a movie theater in Fullerton, California, late last Thursday night and early Friday morning. So if you happen to have been in that theater. And so why are the people not getting measles shots for the kids? Because they believe it causes autism? Is that yeah. The, the, yeah. the prevailing thing? Okay. Yeah. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Squawky. Squawky reminding us what it's all about, huh? By the way, so Liberty. That's why we keep them chained up in the control room. The American Dream is back, according to a poll. And Finally. Uh, where you been? Where did the phrase American Dream even come from? Well, we nailed that down. I'm sure it's wrong, but we nailed it down. I'm okay. sure you'll say it's wrong, but it doesn't Excellent. matter. It <laughs> doesn't matter. Super. Actually, guys. Website I said. Okay, fine. Super. According to Snopes, it was Mark Twain. It was bad. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. The good news is I'm feeling like I'm getting a better grip on the modern world. I'm starting to get its rhythms. Uh-huh. You know, I, I no longer feel overwhelmed by it like I did, you know, a few months, a few years ago. Um, and uh, this, Which is good news for me. So Chase's Twitter department... The Chase Bank tweeted out something. Yeah, what they say? What they say? Okay, stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the, of, of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, companies hire somebody to tweet stuff out on behalf of the company, I guess. And Chase Bank had somebody. You gotta have social media presence, Jack. I know, when I'm choosing a bank, I look at who has the best social media presence. That's pretty funny. (laughs) Who makes the best memes? That's where I want my money to go. Exactly. If I'm going to take out a mortgage, I look for social media presence. So, somebody who runs the Twitter machine at Chase Bank, one of the world's biggest banks... Uh, on motive on hashtag motivation Monday, tweeted out you. Why is my balance so low? Bank account. Make your coffee at home. Bank account. Eat the food that's already in the fridge. 
Bank account. You don't need a cab. It's only three blocks. You, I guess we'll never know. Bank account. Seriously? So there's been back- That's funny. There's been That's back- good. There's been backlash from that. Oh, no! For the bank. <laughs> giving you a little lecture about how to save money. Right. Um, from from all kinds of different people. Uh, uh, people who, who have accounts there. People who hate big banks. And Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> At Chase, why aren't customers saving money? Taxpayers, we lost our jobs, home savings, but gave you a $25 billion bailout. That's actually a pretty good shot. That's a good shot. That's a pretty darn good shot. You mismanaged the way you did business and got a bailout of $25 billion effing dollars. Right. And you're giving me a lecture, a, a lecture about avoiding overdraft fees and telling me I should make my coffee at home, which is a good idea, but not coming from you. Yeah, I with your twenty-five billion dollar bailout, yeah. with all the banks doing what they did, and then when they get when it doesn't work out for them, we pick up the slack. Yeah, which is very maddening. What, right. Well, and we live in a world where you both can't be right, even though they both are. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I hate Chase Bank for taking that attitude, having done the whole bailout thing. Um, I'm, I'm, I'll be mad for the, and it fits, it, it transitions into this next story. I'll be mad about the whole housing crisis thing and the it down, way it went down for the rest of my life. And so will a lot of people. That was a screwing. You should be. That was a screwing, like hardly any screwing that's ever happened in the American history. World history. Uh, yeah. I mean, because it dragged the whole world and, economy And down. I think it's still true that one person went to jail. <laughs> one human being went to jail. With gazillions of dollars flying around and people getting rich all over the place. Lying systematically. Absolutely. Yeah. And so many of us losing tons of money having done nothing wrong whatsoever. Right. Um, Global fraud. Absolutely. Just absolutely freaking incredible. On the other hand, that individual from Chase Bank who thought that would be clever is right. Yeah. I don't don't know that's the messenger. Yeah. Sorry, not not the right messenger. I hear you. Um, uh, so that fits in with the American, what, what is the American dream? I'll get to the original quote of the American dream, according to the internet, which is probably wrong, but according to USA Today, apparently the American dream is owning a home and it talks about how home ownership is, uh, making a comeback for a variety of reasons for the amount of time that has passed since 2008, 2009, when so many people lost their homes and are getting back, uh, one, their, 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 their creditability to buy a home and uh, housing prices in various areas and all that sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. home ownership is on the rise. Boy, in Florida, Florida's got your top five foreclosure markets, by the way. So they got something going on in Florida. Oh, yeah. Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Orlando, Daytona Beach, and West Palm Beach, your top five foreclosure markets in the country. Orlando. So what is the American dream? We've discussed this a lot because politicians love to throw around the idea that the, the American dream is dead. And then I always think, well, what do you mean by American dream? And they usually fill in that blank with something that is not my conception of the American dream. Um, but uh, do you have a uh, an answer before I weigh in? Some guy named James Truslow Adams. I don't know if he's from the the Adams lineage of uh, John, John Quincy, Henry, etc. Uh, from or perhaps the, Morticia and uh, <laughs> Gomez from Adams. the from the epic of America. The American dream is that dream of a land in which life should be better and richer and fuller for everyone, with opportunity for each according to ability or achievement. It is a difficult dream for the European upper classes to interpret adequately, and too many of us ourselves have grown weary and mistrustful of it. It is not a dream of motor cars and high wages merely, but a dream of social a social order in which each man and each woman shall be able to attain the fullest stature of which they are innately capable, 
and be recognized by others for what they are, regardless of the fortuitous circumstances of birth or position. I would right. say that's pretty much my definition of the American dream. That is a wordier version of the way I've always conceived of it. If you choose to work hard and you know, you're a little bit clever, you can craft for yourself a life that's reasonably comfortable. You can go as far as your effort and talents can take you. Right, You exactly. don't have to be born to a certain family. Right, as, as opposed to, you know, a rigid class system in some country, the caste system in, in India, that sort of deal, or, you know, the House of Lords. The very idea of the House of Lords is strange from an American perspective, but... Um, yeah, that's what the American dream is. They they usually build it into a straw man so then they can knock it down and say this politician won't deliver it for you. But, uh, you know, home ownership has always been a feature of it. Always. You know, in the last 75 years, it's always been it's been mostly a feature of it. But uh, I don't know that it's it's necessarily part of it. If you work hard, you can have a good life. Regardless yeah. of the circumstances you were born into. Now, I have seen articles over the years, and this was before the uh, college admissions scandal, that uh, if we have a class system, it comes out of the Ivy Leagues and who gets into them and what families uh, tend to dominate them and then the way they get to go out into the world with the connections from those universities. Mm -hmm. And now that we know so many of them are buying their way in, yeah, that's, that's pretty close to a class system. If you're if you're a rich family buying your your kid into a rich university and then kind of like you know just keeping that group together, sure, and, and the alums and all will work together and recommend each other and hire each other. Yeah, I agree. the The reason that's never bothered me that much is that has to do with the top tenth of a percent sure. of the population, and and you know part of it is I don't think there's anything I can do about it. Um, and I'm not going to be a Wall Street banker or a politician anyway. Right, so exactly. That. I'm not fighting to get into some hedge fund. Uh, but there is so much available within the 99.9% that's left. Literally. I mean, there's there's mobility and, and, uh, and, uh, and opportunity and the rest of it in the vast rest of it. So I, I just I don't worry about it that much. There will always be... The rich and connected, unless you're going to enact some sort of Maoist system and everybody gets dragged out in the street and, and shot to death or starved to death or whatever. Um, there will always be a significant portion of the population that has a crappy life. That has been true in every society in history. And I, I'm not in favor of radically reordering societies to try to eliminate that because you can't. Um, but, got, you know, within the rest of it, there's a lot of room. We got this text. I think at this point in life, for a lot of people, the American dream is to retire comfortably. Yes. That might be uh, the American dream. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big part of it. Boy, and that's something that never existed in the history of human beings. Oh, yeah. If I can make it three quarters of the way through my life, then I get to uh, play golf and and read or whatever it is I want to do for the last part of it. That has not been the history of the world. Right. And not living with and supported by the younger members of the family who I supported when they were young. Yeah, I just keep being independent and living on my own, but uh, I have plenty of dough. Yeah. Somebody watched the Billboard Music Awards last night on the Congratulations. text line. There was a there was a music awards show last night. For There's real? pretty much a music awards show every night. We used to make that as kind of mm-hmm. like a joke or a funny comment, but that's just literally <laughs> true, isn't it? <laughs> well, yes, they're on all the time. How many different country music awards are there? There are at least 3. I think there's I think there's five to six, yeah. 
Really? Some big ones, yeah. Just country alone. I think. Yeah, wow. Okay. Whatever that is. Yeah. Whatever country music is. Picking the best song. That's the best song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so silly. Well, that's all right. People watch. It's an excuse to see musicians play and, and see them in their pretty dresses and all. If you if you like it, go ahead and watch. But see them in their pretty dresses. But the uh, the pretense of an awards show just seems so silly to me. So it's, uh, that's odd you would bring that up. I was listening to some old timey country music uh, on the way in today, mm. and uh, and I was thinking, how come that doesn't exist? Maybe it exists. Uh, music is so fragmented now. People might be listening to this on. Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or whatever, but and it's not on hit country. But country music, when I was a kid, it was a lot about I'm poor and we're barely getting by, or our family's falling apart and I'm really like hurt over it. Right. My wife's leaving my husband. Or I'm drinking myself to death. And I would think with so much of the country, and you've seen the statistics, opioid addicts, you know, the, the plant closed up and I don't have a job. I would think there'd be music reflecting that. Because that's what country music was like through all the... 50s, 60s, 70s. Well, and it's worse than the traditional hotbeds of country music, too. Right. I, I would think there'd be a, a genre out there for country music, uh, the, the songs that are like, my my son just died of opioid addiction and I lost my job at the plant. I love I mean, that tune. <laughs> but they're, they're, that That's what Johnny Cash, Merle Haggard, all that music was. Yeah. Yep. It was like really sad or heartbreaking. <laughs> he stopped loving her today. Or really, really, you know, <laughs> close to the bone. And I just it's interesting that that's not reflected. Nah, that's about my girl with her feet on my pickup truck down by the lake with some beer and we're smoking some stuff. and Everything's yeah, a party. That's right. There were very few party songs back in the day in country music. I don't know. Maybe that means America's happier now. I don't know. Maybe that means the death of the American dream. <laughs> I don't know. Miserable country songs. I don't, was that the American dream? That was proof we were happy. <laughs> that was a better time when we had worse, sadder music. <laughs> I miss those times. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.